And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk! I'm ready to go. Great podcast. A lot of energy. A lot to talk about. You guys hit us up and uh, gave us some topics, and uh, we're going to bring them to you. Thank you for that. Sleep, let's go, man. You excited? Right. I'm excited. I tell you who wasn't excited. Right out of the gate, first segment, UNC football. What a disaster against Florida State. Uh, just coming in, thought we were back on track. We keep giving them benefit of the doubt, and they keep letting us down, and they did so more than ever on Saturday, just getting – you know, that game was never even close. Looked terrible. Uh, Tar Heels dropped 35-25 at home to Florida State. I made some notes. We really suck against Florida State. And in general, we are 1-8 against FSU all-time uh, at home and 3-17-1 all-time regardless of where we play. Did you say 3-17-1? 3-17-1-7-1. One. So we actually tied it at some point, probably back in the 30s. And uh, yeah, other than that, we're three and seventeen all time versus Florida. Why State. even have a game if you're going to tie? Like flip yeah. a coin at the end of it. I, I think that's the dumbest thing in sport. Uh, but no, you've 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 turned a one eighty on UNC mm. football. Yeah, and <clears throat> <coughs> sorry, I got Delta. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I hope not. Um, but I will say this, and you had some pretty high expectations of them. I mean. You thought we were going to run the table, go to the college uh, playoffs, and win the whole damn thing. I said, let's beat Virginia Tech first. Now, it just shows you the expectations that this team has acquired before the season even started. And that's why they don't, they don't hand the awards out in preseason. I think we're getting humbled, and I think the team bought into you know, the hype. And yeah, I see it more now with the young kids. I think it's the kind of the cultures where, you know, they get a lot of hype and they get complacent. Um, this team, you know, has buried themselves. And I don't think we're as talented as we were last year, but we do not look good. It's uh, You can tell a lot of fans' faces that this has been disappointing so far. Yeah, there's a lot of vitriol uh, going around in the comments section of social media posts everywhere. Everything's running through Sam Howell. Um, I mean, the guy is still putting up numbers. My only hope in this point, and it's it's about as uh, about as likely as UNC uh, living up to the expectations I had to begin with, the, all the losses notwithstanding. But is that you know they play so shitty the rest of the way, maybe he stays another another year. Um, you know he connects uh, Josh Downs again. A couple of notes from the game: he accounted for 311 out of 432 total offensive yards. He's just like it's like everything. In, in in like in football, you can't do this, obviously, right? But it's like in basketball, occasionally you get you see teams that sort of stand around and wait on one guy to to do something. You saw that a lot with UNC when Cole Anthony was on the team. Like you get to a you get to a tough spot and everybody just sort of backs up and waits on the main guy to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a weird way, I'm, I, you see a lot of that with Sam as well. He tries to do a lot. He tries to do too much. A lot of people would argue. It's no doubt, man, that that he's super talented. But we can't stop anyone on defense. And as soon as people realize, like, you know, if, if some, as soon as someone comes up with a pretty solid game plan that's working, it seems like we can't adjust to that. And and if you can't adjust in game, you're not going to win games. And that game was out of, you know, we went up 10 nothing, and then everything looked good. 
then it was over. I mean, they just they just beat the shit out of us. Yeah, and this is this is kind of why I hate stats. Um, this is why I'm a big believer in the eye test. If you go on paper and you look at Sam Howe's stats, you're like, damn, this guy had a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I watched the game, I said, I think he's trying to do too much. I think he's relying too much on his speed, and mm-hmm. I think he's running with the ball too much. I didn't like the fact that our quarterback was putting his head down and trying to plow through linemen. And I I don't know football well, but I knew I knew he was in a lot of positions where he had no other option but to put his head down and just run. Um, and I don't like that, but I do think Josh Downs is a decent talent, and I think he's playing well, and mm-hmm. he's he's doing things. But to me, stats don't matter if you're not winning. Like, what does a good stat line yep. mean if you're on a losing team? That means you're just a really good loser. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see this all the time in professional sports, and it just seems like – Teams buy into stats, and they they sign some guy that has really good stats, but they're not winning, and then they expect that guy to come in and just have a you know turn the culture around, or you know we signed him, he had a really good year last year, we're really going to do some things. No, winning means a lot. Winning winning trumps all stats in my opinion, and this team needs to start winning. You know, you could easily get this fan base back on board. Obviously, we can't regain a lot of the the preseason expectations that we had, but we come out here, we beat Miami. I think we're going to, you know, we don't, we come out here and we smoke Miami and we play to our potential and we come out here hungry and put up a fight. And I think our fans jump right back on board. What I don't like about last weekend is because Florida state is traditionally a good football team. And I'm tired of getting our ass kicked by Florida state. Florida state's not that good this year. They're coming to our house. So it's our time to beat them. And, I was just disappointed in that. And uh, obviously, the kids have a lot more invested than (laughs) we ever do. And we don't really know what's always going on. But I really wanted us to win. And I can tell there's a huge cloud of disappointment over the football program right now. Yeah. It's gut check time. I mean, at this point, look, you're three and three. Uh, I think they're two and three in the ACC. You know, we got Notre Dame coming up after the bye week after Miami, and then, you know, a slate of, you know, we got Wake Forest, who, hell, at this point, Wake Forest looks like they win a damn national championship, mm-hmm. which is crazy. You got NC State that's playing way better than we are. Um, so there's there's a lot of get, gut check games. I mean, you could you could finish this season out strong, you know. Yeah. Reel off some wins and finish what, like nine and three? Uh, so, you know, and, and then everybody forgets all this bad stuff, right? It's like, oh, it's a bummer because we're in the Continental Tire Bowl again or whatever. Or, you know, you can go out, lose another game you shouldn't lose. We're favored by seven in Miami. We'll get to the Miami preview in a second. We'll go out and lose to Miami. We should lose to Notre Dame, especially where we're playing on the road at night, right? Then you got, like we said, you've got Wake Forest should beat us. And at this point, uh, NC State should beat us the way we're playing. So you could either suck it up, play hard. Go out there and 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 really uh, you know win some games, or the wheels could really fall off, and you know you could lose four of your last whatever five or six games we got left, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> you know who the hell knows what the conversation looks like given all the the hype around the team, the expectations. No, I agree with you, sleep. This is gut check, and the easy thing to do would be to you know pack it in. We're mm-hmm. not really playing for anything. We don't have these expectations anymore. Let's just pack it in and kind of get through this year. This is where you find out where players are. Mm-hmm. Who's going to show up and keep doing the right things, working towards something. You know, that's that's how we're going to find out, you know, how good these kids are and where where this program is headed. And I know a lot of people are disappointed. Wake Force, we beat Wake Force, we beat the Pack. You know, we concentrate, we go up to Notre Dame and shock the world. 
I mean, I'm let's not write this season off just yet. Yeah. You know, we're pulling for him. Sam Howe's got crazy talent, mm-hmm. and we know he can compete. We just need some guys to step up, and I'm excited about it. We'll see. I'm I'm optimistic. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm tired of being uh, – I'm kind of tired of being optimistic, but I'm always going to be, right? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, no matter how much we, we're down on the team, we always want them to play well, we always want to do well, and we always want them to have good opportunities in the future when they get out of here. So, um, you know, it all starts next week. You know, we play Miami at home, another big game. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a huge game for us last year. It was a statement game. And that game last year, I think, was really when all this shit started, right? Miami came, and we beat the brakes off of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran the ball for like 700 yards. I mean, it was a coming out party. And I mean, that was after we had gotten through some early season, you know, uh, you know, stops and starts. We played great against Clemson, I think. Maybe that was 19, whatever. You know, we had, I mean, but that game was a statement game for our whole program. And everything seemed to, you know, go sky high after that. And it's sort of fallen back down to earth. Well, it's time to level set with that. Miami's going to have a chip on its shoulder after getting the shit kicked out of them. And, you know, it's, it, we're really going to have to step up and, and kind of get back. The kick is at 3.30. We're at home. Miami sucks. They're 2-3, and 0-1 oh in the ACC. And we're still a seven-point favorite, which makes me kind of laugh because, I mean, I, I don't know. If I were a betting man and I ain't very good at it, uh, my money's on the, on the Hurricanes at this point. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, anything's possible. They're coming to our house. We're hungry. We just got our ass kicked. And uh, I, I never like playing a team after they get their ass kicked because it seems like they're going to turn around. And I think Max the type of coach that, you know, he's going to pull those kids in. He's a hell of a talker. That's one thing about uh, Mac Brown is he can do – he can get you a, a good speech. And uh, I've listened to him talk. Hell, I'm ready to put the pads on. Um, so, uh, I, I, hey, I'm ready, man. I'm excited. Uh, I, I don't hate. I'm not a hater. You know, we'll see. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be like, yeah, we're going to beat Miami. Miami's had a good traditional football team. Let's kick the shit out of them. So we'll see. Well, one thing they're queued up on, you mentioned this last week, talking about Josh Downs. Josh Downs had nine receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, we already talked a little bit about Sam. He's caught at least eight passes and one touchdown in all six games this season. I think Josh Downs is one of the best players Unreal. in the ACC. First, I think I think, I think think he might be our best player on the team. I agree. First player, this is the first player to accomplish that in six straight games since Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. I mean – that's a big <laughs> that's big company right there. Sam's moving up the charts. He's fifth all time in career uh, ACC passing touchdowns. He's third behind Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence for co- uh, quarterbacks that only played three years, assuming he uh, leaves after this year. And he's only six behind those. You're talking guys. about Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, he's going to win. He'll be the leader in passing yards, and he'll be the leader in total offensive yards by the time he gets out of here. And he's only played. He's only going to end up there three years, most likely. So I mean, dude, he's off the charts good. But the problem is, you got him and you got Downs and. Everybody knows it. Can't run the ball. He's he ran for uh, uh, like ten or eleven times for hundred yards last game. He's done that three times this year. He's rushed for hundred yards, which seems great. But to your point, like he's our most valuable player, even if he's not most talented. And like we got this stable of running backs that can't really seem, you know, to get going. The only way we can do it is is with with Sam. And if everybody realizes, hey. We just can come up with a game plan to contain Sam Howell, and if they're even moderately successful, where where else are you going to go to score any points? And we mm-hmm. damn sure can't keep the other team from scoring. So we got to figure something out. I agree. Brings us to. Another big matchup coming. Uh, that well, that did come last week. 
last night. No, what was when did they Saturday play? night? Saturday night, last night. Wow, this guy's uh, all over the place. Uh, Tyson Fury, Dante Wilder. Uh, Sleep Dog was long gone by the time that one started, but uh, Big Hawk wasn't. He's going to tell you about it. I was into it. I was on my couch, uh, ready to go. First of all, I, I just got to say. I, I do like to watch boxing. Uh, I've always liked boxing ever since I was a kid. Mike Tyson and kind of those, you know, grew up and around that whole thing. And uh, I've always enjoyed it. My dad's really was, he was into it. But uh, I was really looking forward to this one. Uh, I watched the last fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury just destroyed him last fight. And I'm talking about just made him look like he had no clue what he was doing. All right. Now, Saturday night comes around. Tyson Fury's had all these, out, you know, all these issues in his personal life. He has, you know, he's overcome a lot of mental health stuff and had some addiction problems. He was at a very low point. You know, it's, he's just an emotional guy. And for some weird reason, I really, really like Tyson Fury. I just like it just seems like he comes out there. He is just like a funny, outgoing guy. Some of his outfits that he wears. Have you seen the way he dresses? I saw the um, the latest meme of him wearing those orange, like um, like European swim trunks that look like they would fit me, except he's about six nine and three hundred pounds. But other than that, I'm not sure. Doesn't look like he's ever seen a weight room no. in his life. Yeah, looks like he eats just gas station burritos for it, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It, it is true, but I will say this. The way his footwork in the ring is unbelievable. He is beyond more athletic than Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, now, have you seen Deontay Wilder? I've seen him. He looks like he could be a bodybuilder. I mean, that guy oh, is yeah, yeah, just... Oh, yeah, yeah, His body tight. He looks like he would just kick anybody's ass. Yeah, and uh, he looks the part, but I tell you what, when they got that fight going, Tyson Fury, he just showed up. He is just... Massively bigger than Wilder, and his footwork, the way he moved around the rink, it was graceful. And I thought, to me, uh, I thought Fury handled him the whole match except for the fourth round. Deontay got his right hand. If anybody doesn't know boxing, um, which I'm sure 95% of our audience doesn't, Deontay Wilder is pretty much a street brawler, and he has he is one of the hardest-hitting heavyweights of all time, and that is why he is so deadly. He has a right hand that can knock you out at any point, but Tyson Fury just outboxed him in every level. Deontay got a really good right hand in in the fourth period, and uh, the fourth round, <laughs> I said period. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> I'm just over here going through the uh, Google Tyson Fury fashion. And it is a disaster. Yeah, this guy, this wow. guy is hilarious. Hey, Google his fashion whenever you get a chance. But mercy. Deontay caught him in the fourth round. Fury went down two times. I never really think he recovered, but after that, it was pretty much all Fury. After the fight, Fury, the way he is, he got on the mic and started singing. I loved it. It was uh, Walking in Memphis, but he changed the lyrics up to say Walking in Vegas, and I was dying. I thought it was great. Uh, if anybody else saw it, let me know your thoughts. Would love everybody to hear about this. But uh, it was a great fight, and boxing is a dying sport. We don't have the heavyweights that we used to. Tyson Fury, if you don't know, named after Mike Tyson, big Mike Tyson fan. Oh, and, I didn't know that. And um, he's also thirty-one and zero, dude. He is. He. They wow. say he might be the best heavyweight of our era. Wow. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, there really hasn't been a good one since what, like Lennox Lewis? Like that's kind of your the Klitschko brothers yeah, are very, those guys very were good. good. And I just wish I really wish the Klitschko brothers were still around because I think uh Fury and the Klitschko brothers, one of them, but I think that would be a great match. Wow, this dude is six nine. Two where did I see it? Sleep, he's three hundo. It said uh, I just saw his weight. He's like two sixty nine. So there's no way he's 269. Yeah, he looks like he's 369. I'm 260 right now. says he's 278. He's 300. Or as they call it in the United Kingdom, that's like what, like 10 stone. Um, I don't know what, dude, he is a monster. Dude, his footwork and the way he was moving around the ring was crazy. I didn't I didn't see any of it because I'm one of those I ain't playing I ain't paying no money for it. I paid for it, man. I had to. I was I was fired up. My favorite, and and for comparison. Dude, at 280 and 6'9", if that is his real weight. I mean, it says Deontay Wilder is 6'7 and 238. That is massive, and and he's dwarfed by Fury. That's <laughs> insane, dude. Um, the Yeah, so my uh, one of my funny things was uh, Jake Paul found his way into the conversation, of course. He mentioned after the fight that Tyson Fury has quote I think well to paraphrase has finally earned a fight with me which I I mean I would pay to see that one I would love that that dude would, would literally get Hong Kong fooied off of his he'd like get hit in the chin so hard his boots would still be in the ring and he'd be in the third row I would I would love to watch that dude just catch an uppercut turn into a giraffe his head would neck would grow Jake Paul's done a really good job oh, with his social media and totally. the, like his come up has been unbelievable. Uh, Finley, Finley is fired up. Yeah, um, Finley's he big, loves uh, this, big he, boxing. He loves this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, but, hey, have you seen Jake Paul uh, box, man? He's, Dude. He's not that bad. Yeah, he seems pretty legit to me. Um, I, what, I'm trying to look at his uh, – height weight situation i think he's a pretty big dude but i mean jesus christ man like he doesn't stand a chance i, I think tyson would be a great like mike tyson i would love to see him go up against i think mike tyson would do it i, he, would just, I think he already said he would yeah i think I would. tyson recently said he would fight either one of them and at 53 years old i would just i don't know man tyson would uh dude his hands are still quick dude he he is like a he's a loose cannon and i just i i would Please make this fight happen. Yeah. I would love Jake it. Jake Paul said, I think Tyson Fury might have finally earned the chance to fight me. I mean, there's one thing that, that you cannot deny is when this Jake Paul dude gets in, people start making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I dude, I think he's a clown from that perspective, but I think that's sort of the shtick, right? Oh, like, yeah. Um, I think I think he's into that. And look, man, more power to him. It, it's, like this, it's like this love-hate relationship. Like, yeah. we hate the dude, but we love, like, we love to tune in and see what he's doing. Yeah. Because he is entertaining, and a lot of it's really funny. He's clever. He's funny. Do I like him? No, I don't like him, but I think it's funny. Do I tune in? I respect him. Do I tune in and see what he's doing? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because I think he's pretty good at what he does. Well, moving on. Last week, it was Bills KC. Did not disappoint. Uh, Sleep Dog moves to 1-0. All-time Sleephawk Worldwide Game of the Week predictions while Big Hawk falls to 0-1. Uh, Bills took care of business against Kansas City. Yeah, I watched a good portion of that game, but as is usually the case, there was a lightning delay or something like that. And that, <laughs> that was all she wrote for old Sleep Dog. I woke up, checked the final in the morning. But, uh, dude, the Bills look legit, and the Chiefs are 2-3 and three now. The Bills are the best team in uh... – in the world. Are they better football. than the Chargers? They're the best team in the world. In the world. Wow. Um, I mean, any sport. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I will say this. Kansas City Chiefs are the UNC football of the NFL. Yeah, I do think uh, you're right Mahomes, there. Uh, not playing as well as he, as he mm-hmm. usually does. Two picks late in the game. Their offense isn't as potent or in, isn't as lethal, deadly as it used to be. They're, they're struggling, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're in a hell of a hole. And I'll be curious to see if they can make the playoffs. I mean, it looks like an absolute shit show. I don't know what is going on in Kansas City, but they are beyond the most disappointing team in the NFL so far. And they have talent, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, they don't even have any like major injuries, really, right? They have – I mean, Mahomes is healthy. Tyreek Hill's healthy. Kelsey's healthy. All their mm-hmm. wide receivers are healthy. They got uh, – what's his face? Hilaire with uh, running back. I mean, they got all the same pieces. I just don't understand – you know, where they're sort of falling flat anymore. Um, they even picked up – that was cool that uh, – well, I think it's cool because I'm a big Josh Gordon fan. I'm, I always root for that guy. I don't really know whether, you know, he necessarily deserves it or not. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, the Chiefs are a fun team to watch. Like, they're kind of like everybody in America has been following the Chiefs. They like them. Um, you know, Mahomes in this game. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, 272 quarterback rating of 70.9. Meanwhile, Josh Allen, 139. I mean, Josh Allen went 15 to 26, 315, three touchdowns. Brutally efficient. Also led the team in rushing, 59 yards and a touchdown. Did he have a concussion? Uh, Allen? Who, who had, what quarterback had the concussion? No, that was, um, oh gosh. Jones for the Giants? Yes. Okay. Got carted yeah. off the field. No, yeah. Right. Yeah. I had him on my DraftKings. Uh, so sorry. Cause it's probably my fault. <laughs> well, in, uh, in some of them, what did I have in the dupesies, man? I don't know, dude. DraftKings is just brutal to me. <laughs> I just cannot catch a break. Big Dan, man. What are you doing? Who's filling out your, your, uh, your teams for us? Jesus Christ. Guys, on the, we got a, we got a, we got a DraftKings league and we're thinking about opening it up to the masses. The problem is, is there's some fickle rules with DraftKings? Mm-hmm. You know, we were all excited about it. We were going to publish this out and let everybody play, but there's two sort of schools of thought there. One up to 20 teams, the, the, the league will like reset itself. So if we open this bad boy up, I mean, dude, we got thousands maybe hundreds of thousands of people clamoring to get in this league you know we got to cap it at 20 so uh we might just do that 20 dollars a head to get in you want to you want to uh you want to give dan your money i mean that's the way it's been going it just tells me i'm due but dan's three at three and oh the last three weeks dan we're coming for you and second of all who do we have to sue in the state of north carolina to allow sports betting the governor the gov yeah so we, we'll got talk to su- we got to sue roy cooper um <laughs> i have no idea if that's true or not but uh if you are new to the podcast our close friend Hermie Sadler is suing the governor of Virginia, which he is sh- he awesome. Sh- he should sue that governor yep. because he, he's about as corrupt as they come. And what Hermie's doing is he's standing up for a lot of people who probably can't sue somebody and also for you know the town, the community, for a lot of people that have been playing these games in gas stations or mm-hmm. you know that's, that's their work too. And then all of a sudden, a casino comes in and now they can't have their games. That's, that's messed up. You know, Virginia, get your get it right. Yeah, but we're optimistic. Big Hawk is a big mind in the legal world. So if you it, ever have just, any questions, you know, you get a speeding ticket right on down to a, you know, a grand larceny. You know, send us a DM. I think a Big Hawk, man, he's uh, boy, he's got away with words up there in front of the jury. I, you know what? Bring me out and put me on. Yeah, <laughs> let me represent you. Uh, 
Or you could just say you're going to self-represent yourself because technically I'm not a lawyer. and uh, I'm not I licensed can, in your state. I can sit behind, <laughs> sit right behind you in the audience and just pass you little note cards and tell you what to say. If Judge Judy asks you a tough question, just ask her for a 30-second timeout. We'll huddle up at the bench and we'll send you back out there, man. Look, can't get a whole lot worse. You're, you know, you're uh, already on trial. But, uh, yeah, maybe that's our next endeavor is uh, – We'll get one of those Lowell the Hammer Stanley call the one eight 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 the Hurt Line, and uh, yeah, we'll chase ambulances, ambulances, and sue governors. I wonder if we could file a suit under SHWW against the state of North Carolina for not allowing uh, sports betting. I don't see why we couldn't do that if we consider it a constitutional right. I think it is a constitutional right. I mean, damn right. I have the constitutional right to lose my money because I ain't good at gambling. But interesting, uh, interesting. We'll have to put some thought behind that. We'd love to know what you think. Should we sue Roy Cooper? By the way, I'm a Roy Cooper guy. You know, I'm not, not to get he's political. a Tar Heel. Yeah, he's a Tar Heel. I like I like Roy Cooper. I like but, that hey, man, He's a Tar Heel. I like but Tyler too. If he told like me I couldn't gamble, I'd sue I like, Tyler. We'll sue his ass. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, maybe we'll see him at our Sleep Hawk Worldwide. Game. <laughs> The Canes, home opener against the Islanders, Thursday the 14th, season opener. In addition to the home opener, me and Big Hawk, you know, we just told you how well we know the law. Mm-hmm. Well, we only know hockey slightly better than that. Uh, got big into it in the playoffs last year. Uh, I could name maybe four or five players on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Hawk cranked the horn last year, along with yep. damn near everybody in, this, in Wake County, it seemed like, after yep. we realized it wasn't that big of a thing. Um and uh, yeah, but we're both uh, we're con- contemplating even going to the game. Really excited, man! Uh, the Canes games are fun, and they're back, and I think so are the crowds, which is also great. I'm fired up, and you know what I'm fired up about? I'm really excited about the game. Really excited about the season. I I can name a few players this year. I know they traded their goalies. I'm not sure who we got behind the in front of the net, uh, but <laughs> yeah, behind it, in front of it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I Me, don't know. Yeah, we're really getting exposed here. Just as long as the puck doesn't get in that thing. Yep. Hey, Sleep, you know what my favorite part about us bringing the horn, blowing the horn, whatever it's called, pulling, but <laughs> uh, is when before the game, me and Sleep, we had no clue where to park, where to go, and so we just kept driving up, and we was like, oh, I'm sounding the horn. Like, oh, yeah, just keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait to use that again. Thursday we're gonna say night, that we're going to tell them every night. We're just going to tell them, "Hey, we're cranking sound- the horn." Yeah, cranking the horn, <laughs> cranking the horn, and we're going to park right by that front door that and was just the walk right on thing. in. So, so with the game we went to last year, this is a playoff game. And granted, it wasn't at full capacity, but I mean, dude, there's a lot of people there, and we're driving up, and we don't have a pass or anything like that. All we know is Tyler is uh, is cranking the horn. Which they do at the end of every every intermission, or to, at the start of every intermission, I guess, to to get everybody hyped up. And uh, so we kind of don't know where we're going, and there's guys around just sort of aimlessly like pointing their little flashlight sticks, and and so we just kept driving up to the next guy and saying, "Hey, we're uh, cranking the horn tonight." And these guys clearly didn't know who the big hawk was, and they just <laughs> kept pointing us. And next thing you know, I mean, we're literally like, I thought we were going to get to park inside the arena. And we kind of laughed the whole way there because it was like, well, damn, we should just say this every time, park for free right next to the front door. Mm -hmm. The only downside, and a fact checker was quick to point this one out, is by not parking near the exit, you really op- your options are limited for getting the hell out of there when the game's over. Yeah, you do have to wait in the car. Oh, boy. uh, You got to park by the exit. That's what the vet does. But, you know, me and sleep, 
we'd rather be sitting in the Among car. Among the than, people. Yeah, we'd rather be sitting in the car than standing on our feet. So, hey, we're going to park right next to that door. Yeah, I'm right. I'm trying to find here. We've got a little uh, little prediction here. I'm trying to find where the Metropolitan Division. I guess that's what we're in. Uh, we are predicted second by some guy. The Metropolitan Division? NHL.com, yeah. yeah. Raleigh seems like a very metropolitan place. It's, it's on its way, you know. Um, <laughs> we Okay, so the Islanders are predicted number one in our in our division, and we open the season with them. So uh, who else is in our division? Uh, the Washington Capitals. Let's this see. is all the metro- metropolitan division. I don't even know what the so there's. Gosh, there's a lot of shit in here. The Vegas Golden Knights. That's who they think is going to win it. That's, they're wrong about that. The Canes are going to win it. They have a great. Uh, if you ever watch the Vegas Knights, they have a great like their home atmosphere is amazing. I, I can only imagine. I mean, people literally drink Jack Daniels in the streets in that place. So we've got uh, the Eastern Division is comprised of the Metropolitan and Atlantic Divisions, while the Western Conference, I should say the Eastern Conference, Metropolitan Atlantic Divisions. Seems kind of weird that we are a team called the Carolina Hurricanes, and we're not in the Atlantic, but instead the Metropolitan. But I'll digress on that one. I don't get um, it. Because no, I'm joking. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, and then the Western is the Central and Pacific, so it's like the Metropolitan. Like, what the fuck? So it's uh, Carolina, Columbus, boy, big booming metropolis there. Mm-hmm. New Jersey, the whole state doesn't have a metropolis. The New York Rangers, I'm pretty sure they're the shittier of the two, but they are New York. Philadelphia. Okay, that's a metropolis. Pittsburgh, not a metropolis. Washington. So there is one metropolitan area. I'll go I'll go two. I'll give you the Rangers, you know, metropolitan areas in the Eastern Conference's metropolitan division. It's about like damn the ACC over here. In the Atlantic, you got Boston, Buffalo, Detroit, Florida, Montreal, nowhere near the Atlantic, Ottawa, also nowhere near the Atlantic, Tampa Bay, Toronto, nowhere near the Atlantic. So, yeah, I mean, we're projected second in the Metropolitan behind uh, behind the Rangers, so or the Islanders. I can't remember anymore. Um, yeah, so I don't know. We should have a good team. We got some good players, man. We got Sebastian Ajo back. I got a jersey. Uh, we got Sebastian is back. There's two. Shrips, who? Svechnikov. Svechnikov. Yeah, he was on Rocky Four, I think. Um, and I, then I like that name. Stahl. I see. I uh, just looked on the website. There's man, that guy is old. Yeah, he's older than. He's Methuselah. good though. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of guys on the team. <laughs> We're gonna learn a lot more about who they are when we uh, return to action Thursday night. So we'll be there. And uh, that is our game of the week. So we'll throw Mm -hmm. up uh, some stuff on the gram here later, and you can interact with us and uh, tell us who you're thinking might pull that one off because I know we got uh, some some serious hockey fans out there. Big-time hockey pod, Mm -hmm. Sleep Hawk Worldwide. Word on the street. Word on the street. Next segment. Uh, We've got a lot of actual feedback from you guys about things you want to hear us talk about, some of which seem to be in line with our podcast, some of which seem to have nothing to do with whatsoever our podcast, and we're excited to get into all of it. But we've got two topics that we wanted to get into first, which first of which was John Gruden. So that whole situation is both messed up, right, because of the racial implications, but also kind of funny because, dude, you got to be a moron to put some of that stuff in email. I didn't even read what he said. Or did so. If I'm being insensitive, it is purely from a place of ignorance, which is, you know, par for the course. 
But what a moron, dude. Like, what is this dude thinking? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, do you think he should be suspended or fired? See, like those things, like again, I didn't read the comments, so I'm not sure, but in general, assuming these aren't just like blatantly I mean, I well, I guess it's a blatantly racist thing that happened. I mean, suspended is one thing. Uh, you know, I think everybody it, should be given I, a chance to to apologize. Is or, it blatantly racist? I don't know. I don't know what he said. You don't know what he I said. Don't, I, right. I, honestly, um, all I do, all I know is the headlines, and I yeah, know that it, it was. It, it, was, it does. It, it comes. Oh off. yeah, I did. I did. Okay. 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 The thing about. Um, okay, I honestly, I read this, and this is my God's honest opinion, and hopefully, I'm not crossing a line because that's not what I'm trying to do. I took his explanation at its word. It sounded like something that he didn't just come up with, and that that his intention was not how it was received based on the comment about the tires, I think it was. And I, I you know, I could be told- totally, spelled his name Dumb Marius, D-U-M-B. Okay, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, man, I don't know. First I, of all, it was 11 years ago. Yeah. And I, I, what I don't like is the fact that people are going to start digging up emails or other things from people's past and then making a moan it 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, not making a moan it. Well, it sounds like kind of a hit job. Yeah, kinda. it kind of does. I mean? And at the time, he was working at ESPN. Yeah, it wasn't like he was in the NFL. Um, you know, I think Michael Irving. I was listening to him talk about it, and I think he had a really good point. I I don't think he should be suspended, and I don't think he should be uh, fired. Obviously, uh, I'm not sure if any punishment should be handed down. But I really do like the point that Michael Irving made about this, and his point was he doesn't think. Uh, Gruden's racist, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't like the fact that Gruden said, hey, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm going to answer it right now, and then we're just going to stop discussing it. Now, if you make that mistake, you don't decide when it's ended. You don't decide when, yeah. you know, I'm just closing the book on this. Okay, you got to talk about it and explain about it. Then, you know, we as a society or whoever was offended, then they can close a book on that. But I, I, I don't like the fact that he just said, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. There's not anybody, there's nothing racist in my body. I'm done talking about this. I don't think he should do that. And I don't think he has the right to do that. I think he should own it every time somebody brings it up. And he should, uh, he's pretty good with the media and he's pretty good with uh, handling himself. He is a little, you know, hot tempered. Yeah. But I think he needs to work on that. And I think he should uh, really explain himself because I don't, I don't think he's a racist. I think we can learn from this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think his answer could be a little bit better. Yeah. I think that's the big thing you got to understand if you're John Gruden is, dude, you, you got to, like, one of the more, a front and center jobs in the NFL. You're making a hundred million dollars. There's a lot of implications that come with that, that fair or unfair, mm -hmm. they're realistic. And, you know, you can't be dumb enough to make those mistakes in writing anymore. I mean, everybody's probably said or done some things that they wish that they're glad no one has ever found out about. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, whatever the case may be. And, and it, and it is somewhat unfair, uh, with people in the public eye, when that becomes, I guess it's, there's just no way to take it in context because you let you know uh, you let society run with it, and they're going to paint whatever picture they want, and it's going to be really divisive. And I mean, all you can take the dude is is at his word, and I think that really comes from the locker room and the players and the other people that know him. I did read a little bit about what Randy Moss said. It's interesting how, to me, how Randy Moss has become, you know, such a 
a really cool voice in sports after he was kind of seen as this pariah for a while. And, you know, he's, he expressed, I think very well, like the sort of disappointment that this is still something that has to be even debated on whether or not it is. And, and you just kind of mm-hmm. wish that was something that, uh, just wasn't a part of the game and he made a mistake. And I do think that, you know, Gruden did mention the things that I read. He seemed sincere. He seemed contrite about, Hey, like I, you know, I never intended for this to come across this way. And at a certain point you, you either have to take someone at their word or not. And, you know, um, you, you kind of the same kind of thing and you go and, 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 you know, face consequences, you, your, your prior history matters. Right. And if you, if you're, in a negative way, it always matters. Right? If this is repeatable behavior, you're going to say, well, what about these other times you did this? But it doesn't seem to go the other way around, right? If someone makes that mistake for the first time, very rarely do they come in and, and anybody says, well, they've never done this before. It's always, hey, look at your prior record if you have one. And if you don't have one, no one uses that as a justification. I'm not saying that's good, bad, or otherwise. Again, I don't really know probably enough to to offer a really valuable point on this topic, but it just feels to me like, you know, this one is, is, is at least at some level potentially misunderstood is all. Yeah. Um, I agree. On the next note though, something, a way jollier story. J.R. Smith is, is he at central NC uh, central, yeah, you're which right. is awesome. And he just qualified for his, for, as literally as soon as we were going on here, I saw on one of the Instagram accounts I follow J.R. Smith teeing off his first college tournament. I think that's the coolest shit ever. He would be like, if we could get a guest on this podcast, like if we had our pick of anyone, I think J.R. Smith would be a top 10 target. For, literally if any, if you could say, Hey, you could have any 10 people in the world on this podcast, given our podcast, right? Like dude, J.R. Smith would be awesome. To have on. I mean, dude, that guy, I love that dude. I, I really don't know JR that well, but he has brought uh, a lot of publicity to uh, Central's golf team. I didn't know they had a golf team, but, uh, and I respect what he's doing going back and uh, playing golf, going back to college, um, especially after his career, farthering his education. It's certainly something that I kind of from the public eye uh, or kind of like, you know, it's something that with somebody were saying, "Hey, J.R. Smith's going back to school. He's going to get his education and play golf." I, I'm not sure that's something that I would have been uh, thought he would do, but uh, I respect him for doing it. And best of luck. I'm I'm excited to see how he does, dude. I want to see him qualify for something. I mean, I want to go to a go- uh, to a dude. He's I mean, for those of you who don't know, North Carolina Central is is in Durham. I mean, he's right down the street, and I would. Totally go watch J.R. Smith. I didn't know it was in Durham. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina Central is in Durham. And uh, I would, let me make sure it's in Durham because I'm just acting like it's in Durham, but I'm pretty certain it's in Durham. And uh, dude, I would totally go watch an NCCU golf tournament. Yeah. It's in Durham. Dodge the bullet on that one. Yeah. You get off on a Fayetteville Street exit, take a right and run right into it. <laughs> um, dude, that would be, that's what we need to do is go watch J.R. Smith in action and just maybe would just be like in the media scrum and be like, JR, Sleep Dog from Sleephawk Worldwide. How you feel about your round? And uh, see what he has to say, man. You never know. Could be our coming out party. Yeah, I'd uh, love to have him on. I can't wait to follow his scores and see uh, see how he does. And I mean, maybe we'll have our people get with his people and uh, get an exclusive. That would mm-hmm. be. Uh, I just I just think it's great what he's doing. And I, you know, I don't think he's taking a spot from anybody or anything like that. So uh, you know, best of luck to, to JR. I just think he's got a great personality. He's like not too. Um, what do you call it? Like. He's not too into himself. He's just just seems like a really, you know, kind of fun loving guy. Um, 
one other thing, word on the street to get to the to the to the guests requests here. Kim asked us to talk on this, and I was excited that she did because I want to talk on it too. Those 18 players, NBA players last week got arrested for insurance fraud, essentially, of the uh the policy, the the players union policy. Uh, most vocal was Glenn Big Baby Davis. There were a lot of names on that report that I had seen, and, and nobody like huge names, or not very many huge names, but boy, he, uh, him and old Jay Gruden could, uh, John Gruden could take a lesson from the PR department on how they're handling the situation. Yeah, I don't think it looked good sleep, uh, especially his response. But, hey, man, I got to side with the players on this one. I don't really know the full details on it. Uh, I hate to speculate. I think this is an issue that uh, it seems like there's some players on there that hadn't played in the NBA in a long time. Yeah. And it, it doesn't seem like this is something that – th- this feels like something that's happened a long time ago, and now they just caught it. I don't know why it took so long to get a hold of this and fix this issue or find out what was going on. You know, so I got to partially blame maybe the NBA or whoever keeps in charge of this, NBA PA or the NBA, whoever's in charge of this, uh, they should have been on top of this right when it happened. This should have been a red flag when those expenses came on. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see where where this is going to go. I I do not know the severity of it, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, so so they basically were writing off, and there was a, there was a, um, it was an NFL claim recently with Clinton Portis, who was the headliner in that one, where they're basically like buying all these this equipment and all this sort of stuff that like is covered under the policy, but effectively they're not really getting. And so like when it comes to insurance fraud of any kind, the only thing I know about it is it is a federal crime that ain't good. And so, you know, they took four and a half million dollars allegedly and basically just fraudulent claims. Um, you know, the big head scratchers that, that I've seen, you know, people, you know, commenting about is like how these guys made all this money. And then, you know, there's 18 guys with four and a half million dollars spread between Sebastian Telfair was another one. I don't know where that just popped in my head, but Sebastian Telfair didn't have all that great of an NBA career. Uh, None of these guys really did. You know, a lot of people don't understand is, you know, these guys are athletes and a lot of people at this level, they don't have a lot when they get there. Right. And so, first of all, you got to take into account, how do you expect somebody that's never had something like that to really handle it well? Right. And that, that goes across all business. Yeah. You look at all business CEOs, not just athletes, people don't handle money well as a culture. That's mm-hmm. not just, you know, some people, they're smart athletes that handle their money well and invest well, and uh, they can stretch it farther than others. And there's business people that do the same thing. Yeah. And to me, I always hate when athletes get labeled. Um, I got into it with the random at the gas station one time <laughs> about uh, some guy made some ludicrous statement about all oh, these athletes can't handle money. And uh, I said, well, who are you talking about? And uh, his example was Scottie Pippen. And I said, I I don't think Scottie Pippen's hurting, sir. And uh, then he said, well, Steph Curry, he just invested in some law. Steph Curry just signed $200 million uh, contract, sir. Uh, But here's my point is on this one is I'm not really sure. So what did you say they were making fraudulent claims yeah, they were basically going in and uh, going to like the chiropractor and some of the things that are like covered under the policy. But instead of like actually getting these services and making legitimate claims, they had like a scheme going on. And so, like one guy that was the ringleader basically knew where you could go get these, you know, basically receipts. And because what the way the way the 
the way that the insurance policy works, the way I understand it, is you basically go get treatment and pay for it, and then the MBA, you know, the insurance policy sends you a check. So what they were doing was they were not actually going and getting they those were getting reimbursed, and they were getting reimbursed for things that they never got. The doctors were in on it. Whoever was ringleading it, that was setting up the doctors, was kicking back. And I mean, it's a it's a pretty wide net that they're that they're popping people on. And you see the same thing again in the NFL situation. And then in the, uh, you know, you see this a lot with like the opioid problem with with doctors and stuff that are just like writing out scripts and and not uh, not filling them or, or whatever. There's a lot of ways that that insurance fraud. There's a lot of loopholes, uh, and and when you when they catch it, man, it's bad because it influences everybody else's cost. You know, yeah. everybody else in the NBA, their policies and and the underwriters, and there's a lot of just mm-hmm. things underneath of it that I sure don't understand, um, but. You know, it is one of those things too that's kind of hard to catch, right? Because I would think, because who's to know whether you're not going? You kind of got to get a tip, and then you got to follow. You know, you got to follow some paper trail. You got to like probably put some sort of sting operation together. The thing that bothers me about it is if you knew it was a problem. This is the one thing I don't understand about like kind of law enforcement to some regard is like you you, you catch wind of a problem, and then instead of stopping the problem right then and there you let the problem persist until you can build up a big enough case for a larger you know hit and to me it's like dude why don't you just you know if three or four of these guys are doing some fishy shit you know don't wait on them to get everybody else involved um you know stop it right then and there but of course dude i got no idea how maybe that's what happened is they knew this was going on then they wanted to make it get bigger and bigger than really pop them, which, uh, you know, I like that example sleep, but yeah, yeah, hopefully, uh, it's not as bad as it looks on the outside, but it doesn't look good. It does not look good. But, uh, one thing else is not going to look good. We're going to skip ahead because we're getting running out of time here. One thing else is not going to look good. Sleep dogs, snoozer of the week. (laughs) Man, this game's boring. Last week, it fell right in my lap and I didn't even know this was coming guys, but there's another one. Another London football game, 9.30 a.m. Guess who it is this time? The Miami Dolphins against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, one win in nine games between them. Miami's 1-4, Jacksonville's 0-5. Well, I bet old Urban's just going to have a hell of a time in Holy London. Holy shit, man. In London, he's going to be eating biscuits and God knows what. He's going to be so far away from his, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going there. But, dude, these guys are just terrible. Uh, both teams, like I said, Miami 1-4, Jacksonville 0-5, both 1-3. and th- No, I think Miami is like two and three against the spread. Jacksonville's one and four against the spread. Money line. Let's see, Dolphins favored three and a half. Money line two negative two hundred. Dolphins plus one seventy on the Jags. Good luck betting that money. It's funny that the Dolphins are 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 one and five and still a favorite when they're missing their. Uh, I think their top wide receiver and their starting quarterback. This game's gonna fuck. Why suck. go to London? They don't care about anything except for soccer. Why and and they don't they call it football. And so there's gonna be a few confused fans when they go to the game and realize what somebody's gonna have to explain some stuff to them. You know, when I watch this game, I think Miami's gonna take it. Uh, Jacksonville uh, is definitely. Not having a great year. I think Urban's going to run wild in uh, London. And uh, I think every uh, saloon, club, <laughs> uh, guys do not, like, it, he's just going to, he's going to be in over his head. I think he's going to have to have some water before the game and a lot of coffee. Uh, I'm not going to watch the game. Tea. Got to drink tea over there. Oh, tea. <laughs> <laughs> dude, uh, this game is going to be an awful dumpster fire, dude. Somehow, um, 
Dude, these guys' defenses are atrocious. They're giving up 400-some yards a game. Somehow the, the, the Jags are getting 350 a game. <laughs> points allowed per game, over 30. Bro, there's teams in the NFL that haven't scored 30 points in like a decade, and these dudes are giving them up every game. Dolphins are scoring 15 a game. Jags are scoring 18 a game. I mean, something's got to give. When, when both teams are scoring like 16 a game and they're giving up 30, like, I mean, that's sort of some sort of physical, like, I don't know, black hole is going to pop up top wide out. And a bunch of people out for the Jags, but anybody ever heard of any of them? Anybody heard of the guys that are starting either? Two Florida teams go to London to play. Makes Good. sense. God. And this is what I don't understand. Like, so the NFL is trying to expand. And I, I mean, on one hand, I do understand completely. But the other thing I don't understand is like, if you're really trying to grow the game, why do you they this has got to be on purpose, dude? Go to Dubai. <laughs> yeah, or send somebody that's actually worth watching. Like they always have these games and they're never good teams. No good team's going to go to London. They can't convince uh the Bucks to go to London. Like I was going to ask if Tom Brady's ever even been to London. They're, like, they're, much I, less to play football. Though. I think they take teams that suck and yeah. they take them over to London for some type of compensation or money because I guarantee you Miami's not selling out every game. Hmm. Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Who, who in the hell wants to go watch Jacksonville? God, dude. Uh, yeah, dude. I, Trey Lawrence's own mother doesn't even want to go watch. I'd rather games. go watch soccer. I would rather go watch soccer, and that's that's. We hate soccer. Yeah, soccer ain't no good, but football. The Miami Dolphins and Jacksonville Jaguars in the homeland of soccer is even worse, dude. Gosh, I don't know. All right, so who you got in that one, Big Hawk? I'm taking Miami. Miami. All right. Um, Miami. Hard, hard to go against you on that one, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Jags. I'm going to get off the schneid since old, uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like one of the Beatles. I'm going to go there. Let's uh, Before we get out of here, man, who'd you have in the game of the week? I got the Canes. I got the Canes in the opener. I'm going Canes. Oh, yeah. Duh. Canes. Well, we'll see you guys there. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe.